1: So I'm aware I spent an hour yesterday on the Durham report, and I'm cognizant of the fact that maybe your eyes glazed over, but uh, I have to make a decision every day here on the show in that what am I going to talk about? I've got an array of topics. If you're watching on Facebook, you can see I've got papers spread out all over the desk. I like to do as much research as I can. I try to balance local, national, international according to relevance and according to what you are likely to hear back from people you engage with who do not agree with you. See, if you're listening to this show, you're more than likely a conservative, which I know means you do have friends across the aisle. That's not true of Democrats. They hang out only with their own. But as you engage with them, I want you to be able to be equipped with the facts, with the truth, and to be able to present a perspective that might enlarge the darkened understanding of people who are liberals, leftists, Marxists, or Democrats. But I repeat myself. So that's why I spent an hour on the Durham report yesterday and why I'm going to spend more time on it now. Because in theory, everybody knows that we live in a free country and that there's equal protection under the law, right? Everybody will say, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. On board with that. Right. I mean, the Democrats, what do the Democrats always say? We're protecting democracy. We're fighting for democracy. Okay, well, then I guess we're all on the same side. It's just how you view it is way different than how I view it. I don't view it to be very democratic that you won't let me speak and exercise my First Amendment rights. Okay? So yeah, we're theoretically committed to the same ideals. So that's why I'm trying to equip you with some of the nuances in the Durham Report. So that when they say, Well, there was a nothing burger,
2: there was nothing there,
1: they found no crimes. And you can respond, Well, they found no crimes because that wasn't the mission of the Durham investigation. The mission of the Durham investigation was, sure, if we find crimes, we're going to prosecute them. But if we don't find crimes, we at least want to find out what happened here. Why did we waste 30-some million dollars on a three-year Robert Mueller investigation that found nothing? Like, that's a lot of money to waste. a lot of time. It's a presidency that was undermined, compromised, diminished by continual prattling on on media and everywhere else, why did that happen? Because we would really prefer probably not to waste 30 million in three years undermining another presidency. That was the mission of the Mueller, excuse me, of the Durham investigation. Here is Trump's Attorney General, Bill Barr, who appointed John Durham as a special counsel to look into the origins. The origins. How did it start? Had it never started, it never would have run its course and wasted all that money and all that time and roiled up disagreement that rages to this day. You still have idiots like Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell talking about, oh, Russia, 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 Russia. They won't let it go, even though it was a fabrication. Here's Bill Barr with Brett Baer on special report last night with an overview of what Durham was supposed to do and what happened.
2: I think what this has shown is that uh, the source and there are really two sources and drivers of this whole uh, ugly episode. Uh, And that is uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign, who launched a smear campaign that was based on getting Russian sources, Russian sources, to spread false information about Donald Trump and peddle it to the press and to the government, the FBI. And both the press and the FBI abandoned any semblance of professionalism and took up the cause with a vengeance. And I think the real story here from the FBI's perspective is what an abomination this was, this so-called investigation. Uh, you know, if it wasn't a witch hunt, it's it, it's a damn good imitation of one.
1: Absolutely true. I used to have a montage, three minutes of, oh, walls are closing in, a bombshell! Remember how they played this up? CNN, MSNBC, every network, oh, it's the end of the world, oh, they got Trump now, oh, the walls are closing in. Well, they never closed in. They never closed in because there was nothing there. Here's Brett Baer asking Bill Barr about the fact that the media still, MSNBC and others, still saying, eh, big nothing burger, big nothing burger. As you can imagine, reaction has been uh, all over the place, but pretty,
0: on, on other networks, uh, pretty specific in the criticism of the report, take a listen. Four years, millions of dollars, a record long investigation, and he has
2: nothing to show for it. There was just this real lack of substance to what he was doing. This was trying to say that there's a big there there when, you know, there's no there there.
1: This was a whole big nothing. They did not prove this deep state conspiracy because it never existed in the first place.
2: What do you say that? Let's not forget what the lie was. The lie was Russiagate. The lie was there was collusion. There was nothing to support it. And these people were implicated in in spreading that lie and benefiting from it personally and hurting the country with their conspiracy mongering. My effort and Durham's effort was to look at that, which, which turned out had nothing behind it. I mean, talk about coming up empty. Mueller came up empty. He took an old case against Manafort and resuscitated it. He prosecuted Stone for lying to Congress. But there was no collusion.
1: No, there was no collusion, but that didn't stop Adam Schiff and others from every single day. Endlessly promising. Oh, wait, 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 we have, we have
3: so much evidence. All I can tell you is um, reviewing the evidence that I have, um, I don't think you can conclude that at all. Uh, far from it. Uh, and but, I think, but you admit uh, that, it's a uh,
2: circum. All you have right now is a circumstantial case.
3: Uh, actually, no, Chuck. Uh, I, I can tell you that the case is more than that, uh, and I can't go into the particulars. But there is more than circumstantial evidence now. So, um, again, I think. So you have Clapper, seen direct evidence of collusion? Uh, I don't want to go into specifics, but I will say that there is evidence that is not circumstantial, uh, and uh, and is very much worthy of investigation. So. Uh, That is what we ought to do.
1: Notice how he, like, goes right up to the line and then he backs away. Right up the line and backs away. Right up the line and backs away. And, of course, it was way more than just once. The Russians offered help, which we know they did. The campaign accepted
3: help, which we know they did. Uh, The Russians then delivered help, which we know they did. There is circumstantial evidence of collusion. The case is more than that, uh, and I can't go into the particulars. But there is more than circumstantial evidence now, so...
4: You've said on more than one occasion that you've seen ample evidence of the Trump campaign's Russia collusion. Last March, you said you had more than circumstantial evidence of treasonous collusion with Russia.
2: I've certainly,
3: certainly said that there's ample evidence of collusion.
4: Can you agree that there has been no
0: evidence of collusion coordination or conspiracy that has been presented thus far between the Trump campaign and Russia?
3: Uh, No, I don't agree with that at all. I think there's plenty of evidence of collusion or conspiracy. But we do know this. The Russians offered help. The campaign accepted help. (laughs) The Russians gave help. And the president made full use of that help. And that is pretty damning.
1: It's also pretty fraudulent because it didn't happen. He knew it didn't happen. He kept saying it had happened. Now, back when I was in school, we actually studied American history that wasn't slavery-related. And we got to the part about Joseph McCarthy. And it used to be in our country when you were a politician, an elected official who made big promises, big accusations, said you had the evidence, and then at the end had nothing. Those politicians are treated very, very poorly by history. But now, what will happen to Adam Schiff? Well, he's term limited out of the House. So what, he'll just go away, slink into private business, become a lobbyist? Oh no, oh no, no, no. He'll be a senator. He'll be a senator from the state of California, mark my words. He will win the Senate and succeed Dianne Feinstein. That is what will happen with Adam Schiff, which is as strong an indictment on how our system now works as there could possibly be. Another question from Brett Baer to Bill Barr. What comes out of this?
2: Well, I, I do think that the Hill can follow up on this and make sure that appropriate changes are made. I have to say that one of the things coming out of this is it's clear that the FBI, the problem, what came from the top. This was not necessarily institutional rot or problems that may exist today. This was Comey, McCabe, Strock driving this thing from the top.
1: That's a problem, or should be. But instead, we have commentators who should be outraged by it. A press that used to defend the ideals of America, shrugging their shoulders. Time to move on. A little more on the Bill Barr, Brett Baier interview last night on Special Report. Uh, The part that everybody wants to know is, well... Uh, Donald Trump said they spied on his campaign. Donald Trump said that the deep state was out to get him. Uh, yet another Trump conspiracy theory, which has been proven true. Does that, Bill Barr, change anything in the way you feel about Donald Trump?
2: You've been critical of your former boss, uh, his temperament, his style, Um but in this case, in this effort to go after him, you you defend him. You think this exonerates him? Well, I, I, I felt uh, as I started learning more and more about Russia Gate, and I've said this is one of the greatest injustices done to a presidential candidate and a president, and he was treated unfairly here. So he is vindicated as far as Russia Gate is concerned. You stop short there. Are you... Well, I've had my differences with him. I've also said that I thought that he had great policies. Uh, He deserved a lot of credit for what he accomplished. And this was a grave injustice. And the fact that he was able to accomplish a lot in the face of it, I think, was a great achievement. I have other problems. uh, I'm not supporting him for renomination. But uh, he was right on this, and this is a vindication. He had it right from the beginning.
1: He did have it right from the beginning, and I will give him that as well. I don't know what else we're going to find out, conspiracy theory-wise, quote-unquote conspiracy theory-wise, that proves to be true. Uh, I will venture a guess that we're going to eventually find out that the 2020 election was definitely rigged, if not worse, and we're going to find out that Joe Biden is, in fact, the beneficiary of a very detailed criminal enterprise that has enriched him far beyond a level at which he should be enriched by a fifty plus year career as a public servant laughable that he's a public servant here 's how Brett Baer and will and bill and Bill Barr's conversation ended also on the topic. Of Donald Trump and what lies ahead as he runs for a second term as president.
2: I have nothing personal against him and there's no, you know, I have no antipathy toward him at all. But uh, I just don't think he's the right leader for the Republican Party going forward. I think people who want to restore America uh, should look for a big victory that brings strength into the Congress and allows us to achieve some fundamental changes. And I don't think he's capable of delivering that kind of victory. And you think he would lose to Joe Biden? I think he has the best chance of losing. But even if he won, my concern is that he would wipe out Republicans in the Congress because of the vast turnout that would occur just to vote against him. And I don't think he has, uh, you know, he's very good at at stopping the progressive march back in 2016. But I don't think he has the skills of, you know, unifying the party and persuading people on a particular
1: program and getting it done through Congress. I think that is spot on. I think that's very Expert analysis from Bill Barr because that is an aspect of Trump running for president again that I hadn't thought about. The down ballot losses with people who go out expressly to vote against him. We had Republican inroads made in areas that previously did not vote Republican. We had basically the reason why the Republicans took the House is because we won a lot of seats in New York State that we never win. Well, those people in New York State are going to come out to vote against Donald Trump. And that heightens the possibility that they might be voting in a congressional election against the Republicans, holding them accountable for the fact that, well, you got this crazy orange man bad on the ballot again. Conversely, a Tim Scott or a Ron DeSantis at the top of the ballot presents a younger, fresher vision of what America can become. A black man representing the Republican Party, a governor with an extremely accomplished track record of getting conservative policies enacted in the state of Florida? I agree with Bill Barr. Donald Trump is the best possibility the Republicans could run to lose to Joe Biden. I don't think Ron DeSantis loses to Joe Biden. I don't think Tim Scott loses to Joe Biden. But I think Donald Trump's chances of beating Joe Biden, if nothing changes from this point forward, if Biden stays just as detached and fuzzy mentally as he is now i don't give trump more than a 30 percent chance now there could be a recession there could be some biden catastrophic medical situation but i say to you what i said to the people in westerville when i spoke there last week what i say to every group i speak to when it concerns the 2024 election i want to win i want to win i start with that i work backwards from who can win and I find Donald Trump to be the least likely person to win. The reason why we need to win. The reason why we need to win is because we need the power of the executive branch to undergird courageous people who do the fighting on the local level, like this pastor who approached his local school board with an issue that perhaps resonates with many of you out there. I have nothing personal. Oops, that's Bill Barr again. Sorry about that. Got to move the cursor, Bruce. If you want to bring... The right soundbite to the table. Here's the pastor in the school board.
4: This book here. It's called It's Perfectly Normal. I'll read some of this for you. It says after a bit, a person's b- becomes moist and slippery. After sir, a I, bit, a person's you, pastor, b- becomes gonna, erect, stiff, me. and larger. Pa- pastor. Sometimes pastor. a bit of clear pastor. fluid that may contain two sperm comes out of the tip of the b- and makes pastor. it wet.
2: Can we, sir? I'm sorry. I-
4: was it something I said, if you don't want to hear it in a school board meeting, why should children be able to check it out of the school system? We have perverts that are perverting our kids and you all sit back smug in your chairs, but you don't want me to read it. Why? Does it bother you? Yes or no? You can't answer that question. You want to know why? Because politically speaking, you can't say that it's wrong. And you don't want me to read the filth because it exposes the truth. How dare you tell me to stop reading it? If you don't want to hear it, why should the children have to see it? Pastor, your time is,
0: is, time is up. Thank you.
4: That makes two of us.
1: Now, the pastor's name is John Amanchukwu. He is affiliated with Turning Point USA, which, of course, is Charlie Kirk's organization. Um, played football at Florida State. Got his ministry degree from Liberty University. You can go on his website. You can donate to fight against critical race theory, against abortion. But this is the kind of bold leadership that is out there. It takes courage. It takes a clear vision of what is true. It takes keen insight into how evil is personifying itself at the local level, the state level, the national level. Men like this, who are willing to go forward, say uncomfortable things in environments where they are not welcome, is our way out of the darkness in which we are immersed right now. I play the clip, and the one from Elon Musk. Because... It proves to you that such men, and they don't have to be men, a lot of tiger moms in Tangy, a lot of moms for liberty out there, it proves, or should to you, that such people exist. And that perhaps in me airing their voice will enable you to not just find your own, but use your own.